You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The crowds asked John the Baptist, What should we do? He said to them in reply, Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what should we do? He answered them, stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, and what is it that we should do? He told them, do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation and all were asking in their hearts whether John Might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been preaching a series this week, or this Advent. And this week is the third installment. I don't think I've been here for a while. I think Father Matthew had the first two, which was about an adventure. What makes up an adventure? First, it's uncomfortable. Second, it's long. It's persistent. You have to keep going. But third, this week, I rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. A true adventure is joyful. Even though it might be long, and even though it is uncomfortable, it would be impossible without joy. Now, I've been using an example from literature, an example from a movie. The movies are The Lord of the Rings. If you've seen The Lord of the Rings, it's about this, this person, Frodo. He's got to bring this ring to a mountain and throw it in Mount Doom to destroy it. Or the whole world dies, basically. And it's a long adventure. It's uncomfortable. But it has to be joyful. And at the end of the third movie, or the third book, (laughs) you know, I didn't read those books. I just watched the movie. At the end, Frodo and his friend Sam find themselves at the base of this mountain. They're They're tired. They're worn out. They're scared. They got this guy that's bringing them along, but this guy is like uh, corrupt. He's not. He's tried to kill him like three times already. 
And Frodo's at the gate. And all these uh, orcs and bad people are, are gathering at the gate. This army's gathering. And he has a decision to make. Do I follow the guide, Gollum, away into a secret passage? Or do I go through this gate where I'm probably going to die? Both ways, I'm probably dying. Doesn't seem like a good moment in the story. Until Sam, waiting for Frodo's decision, he's just sitting there waiting. Sam asks Gollum, are there any elephants in that army over there? Gray as a mouse and big as a house. He was reciting a child's poem, children's poem. And this breaks Frodo from his, his brooding. It breaks him from his sadness. And Frodo laughs. And when he laughs, this is important in the story, in the movie and the books. When Frodo laughs, that's when he makes a decision. When he realizes that he needs joy, he makes the decision and he follows Gollum. And eventually, well, I'm not going to spoil it. Go watch the movie. But my point is that even when things are uncomfortable, like in our lives, all our experience this, we all do. Or long and, and it takes persistence, like any adventure, the Christian life needs joy. We need to be able to laugh even in hard times, especially in hard times. We need to find that our joy is not in our situation here, but in our future, right? In eternity. Our faith cannot be about gritting and bearing it. Our faith cannot be just about opposing things. A lot of times we, we, um, we make our Christian faith about being in opposition to things. Even if those things do need opposing. There's a lot that needs opposing in this world. But our faith can't just be about saying no. It has to be about a yes. A great yes. A joyful yes. And, and, and then no's follow from that. But it's not about the no's. John, Jesus says in the Gospel of John, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. I have told you this, that you may be boring. No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) Gotcha. He says, I have told you this, that you may have joy. That my joy may be in you and that your joy might be what? Complete or full. Yeah, different translation. That your joy might be full. That your joy might be complete. He came to give us commandments, not to hold us down, so that we might have joy. Zephaniah, the the prophet, shout for joy, O daughter Zion. That's us. We're Zion. We're the new Zion, the church. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exalt with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. We sang, the, the, our choir here sang from Isaiah, actually. The response was from Isaiah, not from the Psalms this week. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Joy. God has joy for us. We can't, our faith can't be just about being against stuff. Being sad and curmudgeon-like. You know, it's like the get off my lawn person. You know what I'm talking about? Get off my lawn. No, get off my lawn. And let's pray together. <laughs> you know? Okay, Philippians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. 
I love that line. Your kindness should be known to all. As a Christian, are we attractive? I don't mean aesthetically. <laughs> I, mean, I mean our life. This is, this is what we should really think about um, for ourselves. This is a, a discernment, right? Uh, an examination of our attractiveness as a Christian. Um, if someone looks at us, do they want to be like us? Or if they look at our life, they look at our attitude, they look at our way of, of going about our journey, our adventure of Christian life. Or do they say, well, I wouldn't want to be like them. They're not joyful. They're just sad, depressed, angry, bitter. You know, the greatest advertisement for the gospel is not eloquent words. It's not convincing arguments. You can argue someone to death. You you can have all the right answers. You can have the best words in the world, the best homilies. You know what? That ain't going to convert anybody. You know what's going to convert people? A joyful life. The saints. You look at the saints. They, they, They pull people to Christ Not necessarily by the words they say, but by the life they lead. People want to be like them. You gotta, you gotta look like someone that someone wants to be like. You know why do so many of our young people leave the church? There's many reasons, but maybe it's because we as churchgoers in general tend to be critical, territorial. Maybe they they want joy. And they hadn't seen it in us. You know, there's a Billy Joel song. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Only the good die young. You're like, oh yeah, that's a good jam. Yeah, it's a horrible song. Listen to it. Have you listened to the lyrics? I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Only the good die young. You know what? Your job as a Christian, as a Catholic, is to make the sinners look boring. Make the sinners look boring. Live your life to where people are like, what? No, the saints are more fun. The sinners are sad. Wallowing in their own sin and the consequences of their sin. You know, I don't agree with Billy. We're on a first name basis. Um, But I sympathize with him and I feel bad. I feel bad that his experience of the faith was warped by somebody in his life that misrepresented the gospel in the adventure of the faith, misrepresented heaven, right? People like Billy Joe, he's just speaking from his experience. I can't blame him. I don't judge him. He's, this is just his experience. Someone misrepresented heaven. Whether it was, uh, you know, someone in his family, uh, someone like his elder or maybe a priest who yelled at him in the confessional. When all it should be is joy in there. Now, I apologize if I've been tired in there. (laughs) I just woke up, you know, but call, call, call us out. Call me out. I want to be joyful. You know. Someone misrepresented heaven. You know what heaven is? Heaven's actually, everyone's not silent in heaven. It's not silent prayer. It's rejoicing. It says, 
There's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who converts than a thousand righteous people. Rejoicing. You know, heaven is a party. I had this I had a, a dead serious. I had an experience of God on Friday. I was at Rock and Bowl in New Orleans. And Shamar Allen got up on stage. You know who Shamar Allen is? Hit the Sean Payton. Hit the Sean Payton. Hit the Sean Payton. Come on, Saints fans. Hit the Sean Payton. You know it. He he wrote this song uh, in response. Like Sean Payton, last year after we swept the Carolina Panthers, who we're going to beat tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? And we, we swept them, and they got a broom out, right? And they're sweeping, and he hits this move, okay? This is what it looks like. That's called hitting the Sean Payton. And look, I'm telling you, I was, I, the guy was singing it. I'm like, I'm like, come on, people, let's dance. I start, I start hitting the Sean Payton. And I learned some of it for you. Here we go. Coach made a dance for the Nola babies. And it don't matter if you're 8 to 80. And we don't care if you're sane or crazy. You can dress it how you want. Roast beef and gravy. Now put your hands up like you're riding a bike. Now move your handlebars from left to right. Two step back and forth, baby, you all right. Now you're just looking like you're about that life. Come on, Saints fans, the whole nation. Come on now, hit the Sean Payton. Good job. Okay. Look. Y'all know I had to follow it up with something after Father Tony came. You think I'm going to let him get the best? Yeah, right. You message him. You say, Father Brad hit the Sean Payton. I'll mess it with myself. So, look, I, for real though, when he was Shamar and he got, he got his little piccolo trumpet out, and he was jamming, we did a second line, and I really had this experience. And I was, I was prayed about it later, and I was like, man, this is, this is what heaven's going to be like. It's a party. And if people, if we lived our lives like heaven was like that, you know how many people would come run into this church? You know how many people would want a relationship with God who wants to fulfill them? It's up to us. How do we love our lives? With joy.